everyone, it's Vanessa here. I'm your hostess next door and the mom of the two of us. And I'm Kiki Monique, your fabulous favorite fun auntie here for another weekly happy hour with your favorite mom and your favorite auntie talking about <laughs> all the things I get to catch. I get to catch Vanessa up on all the things that I've been watching, reading, gossiping about. And she gets to tell me all of the fun things that happen in her life. You know, it's not as many fun things happening in my life. Come on, stop it. I got kids. But um, we also have our weekly installment of The Hustle and we'll have the cool down. But first up, oh my God. Well, can we first talk about the fact that the second our podcast was published uh, from last week in the cool down, we were talking about Bill and Melinda and how they had this weird hall pass situation back in the day. Mm -hmm. literally the podcast post and I turn on like CBS this morning or whatever the hell I'm watching in the morning and find out there's this huge scandal about Bill and Melinda Gates and that the divorce isn't as amicable as we thought he was acting up. And I told you last week, it's always all good until it is not all good. She gave him that hall pass to go to summer camp once a year. And then he just started acting up. He started flirting with people who worked at their foundation, their foundation. I mean, anyways. And no, and like I said, it's always, it's normally always the dude that's messing it up. And also billionaires don't have rules. They just do whatever they want. So yeah, this is not going to be amicable. It sounds like he has been hitting on and he admitted to cheating with one woman. I think that that they admitted to. Um, but it sounds like he's just been playa, uh, playa, playa, playa Bill Gates. Who knew? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I hate to say I told you so, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. So anyways, uh, but interestingly enough, we are sort of continuing on the sort of where we left off, I guess, because we're going to be talking about love after lockdown today. But I want to make sure we get started with our cocktail. Um, I got a lot of positive feedback from people with the drink recipes. <laughs> so well, delicious. Yeah, I've been posting them on my Instagram, um, which is at Vanessa Kantav, C-A-N-T-A-V-E. So if you scroll back, you can find the skinny margarita and you can find the French 75 from our first episode. Today, we're going to be making a espresso martini. Oh, so, very popular on a lot of reality shows, I find. It is. And like my clients ask for it a lot. So um, I did very little catering in 2020, as you know, because there was a global pandemic. But the handful of jobs that I did, which were like such a challenge with testing and the guests and the employees and everybody. But the ones that I did were only weddings. I did four weddings in 2020. Mm. And um, one of them was this giant billionaire out in East Hampton. And they were so pressed for this espresso martini. Like I have, I've had one, but I just didn't realize how popular it was. I mean, so, I love a good espresso martini. I do. It's not the first thing I always like gravitate towards because, you know, it's just not. But when I have one, I'm always like, oh, I really do like them. <laughs> well, one of our really good friends, um, her boyfriend was 
timeouts best bartender of New York a couple years ago. So I called him and asked him what his favorite recipe was for this drink. And he said it was really simple. So we ended up making it. He came out with me to that job in the Hamptons and we made it and everybody loved it. And so the ingredients are one and three quarters ounces of vodka, one ounce of Kahlua, which is a coffee rum liqueur, and one ounce of chilled espresso. Now, this is the key to the whole drink. It can't be coffee. It has to be espresso. So if you don't have an espresso machine, you can just like go to a coffee shop and have them make you an espresso. They'll put it in like a little paper cup with a little lid on it and then take it home and have, you know, put it in the refrigerator. You only need one ounce. But the reason why you get that really nice, like creamy layer, that foamy layer, when you drink a, an espresso martini is it comes from having real espresso. So anyways, you take all the three of those ingredients. If you feel inclined, you can have a little bit of simple syrup, but I don't feel like I need it because Kahlua is sweet to Pretty me. Pretty sweet, yeah. Um, and you shake it in a cocktail shaker and strain it into a coupe glass and that's it. Oh, that's pretty that's simple. I mean, the way whenever it's ordered on like below deck or like any <laughs> of the shows deck. that I watch, like a lot of people on below deck for some reason and, and summer house, they like espresso martinis. It seems like such a complicated thing when they ask for like nine. I'm like, oh, that bartender. But so it's only three ingredients. The hardest yeah, part it's is only just the making three ingredients. Mm-hmm. the espresso. Now, I think most people like myself have a Nespresso maker, which, which I really love. Which is perfect. If you okay. have a Nespresso, you're winning because okay. you just... Pop that pot in and, you know, by the way, not to be an ass, but please don't confuse your your Keurig for a Nespresso. Nespresso is far superior. I'm sorry. Keurig is like what they have at, you know. I love my Keurig too, but I know no. it's not the same mm-hmm. as an Nespresso. I know that when I'm I'm going for a specific thing in my Nespresso, I know that I'm going for just quickness with my Keurig. Okay, well, so I, that's interesting. You have both. Most people have one or the other. Well, it, one was given to me. Um, oh, okay. So, <laughs> and I, again, it was like it was given to me and then I'm like, okay, I'll take it. And and I'm used to it. It's also what my parents always use. I'm just used to Keurigs. It's just so much mm. easier. And really, I will say, as long as you're getting delicious pods, That's Ah. the key with the Keurig because Mm. a lot of people get the Keurig and then they get like really terrible pods. If you get good coffee pods, you can get a decent cup of coffee. I like the Nespresso better, but I definitely am down with my Keurig when I'm like on the run, which is a lot of times. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to convince me. Um, When I come visit you, you can make me something from the the Keurig. Um, Um, All right. So espresso martini, you'll have that up on your IG at Vanessa Cantav. I love it. And it is, it seems like the perfect, the perfect drink to have (laughs) while we're talking about love after lockdown. Because it it seems like also a very, seems like a very singles drink, but then it also seems like a date night drink. So it seems like the perfect for love after lockdown. I like it because it's coffee, but it's also booze. It's like, I'm here to like get down to business, but also not get down to business. (laughs) It's why I I really fell in love with, I don't drink, uh, you know, I drink Casamigos as my tequila mostly, and I don't drink a lot of Patron, but the one Patron I do like is the Cafe Patron because it's like the coffee Patron. Mm -hmm. And literally you could just drink it. I like it on the rocks. 
and it's like keep it moving keep mm-hmm. you caffeinated and going i love mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and maybe it's psychosomatic because how much caffeine does it really in there but i like it i like it i do feel like you're getting a little kick well tequila is also the only like tequila and mezcal are the only uppers of the alcohol world supposedly so like oh. on top of it you're also oh. like uppers <laughs> double St- double trouble stimulant <laughs> stimulating <laughs> alcohol <laughs> I'm sure somebody will fact check me and be like, no, wrong. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, we, well, we've both been single during lockdown, but you know, you, you had your kids at least. You had somebody to entertain you. I had my cats. It's, you know, not as entertaining, um, but I don't have to feed them as often, which is is nice. <laughs> but what was like so interesting during lockdown was how many people got together mm-hmm. how many people broke up mm-hmm. and how many it felt like how many babies how many pregnancy announcements that mm-hmm. were happening during lockdown which is like to be expected because you know when you're trapped in the house for that long like mm-hmm. you know if you're with someone that maybe you didn't want you were planning to break up with before and then now you're stuck together it would make <laughs> sense that like on the other end of it it would be all over um, you know, we had gotten, there was the news that came out that John Mulaney, you know, the comedian John Mulaney uh-huh. and his wife, Anna Marie Tendler, they uh, filed for divorce like in February. He ended up going to like rehab for like drug and uh, substance abuse. Um, but then it came out like yesterday that his wife, Anna, also went to rehab oh. because apparently there had been infidelity happening because okay. what was crazy was that really soon after John announced that he was getting divorced, now we find out he's dating Olivia Munn. Oh, God. She is like, I mean, she dates a lot of very attractive people. She, you know, I I would say if I could model my dating life after anyone, Olivia would definitely be on the top top five. Isn't she dating Aaron Rodgers, the the former quarterback for the Green Bay Packers at some time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She sure was. Um, so that was like a surprise divorce. We found out that Trevor Noah and Mika Kelly broke up, even though they never formally announced they were together. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew they were together. They broke up. Um, and Trevor uh, Noah just bought that house in L.A. for like twenty six million dollars. Well, I mean, if he needs somebody <laughs> to hang out in it, I'm, I'm like, absolutely available. I'm like, oh, OK, Trevor. I didn't know The Daily Show was twenty six. Mi- Anyways, uh, keep going. But, you know, you know, you and I talked because we both we both jumped. I think you jumped on for the first time. I jumped back on to dating apps during lockdown. And mostly I I didn't even think I was going to plan on really meeting anyone because I was like, we're in lockdown. I don't really want to meet you. But it was more just for conversation. I was Mm -hmm. like, I need to have stimulation and conversation with somebody that I'm like, hopefully attracted to. Um, And I thought it was really interesting. You know, we had put out you know on our ig stories and if you're not following us on ig you should do that obviously at the talk of shame for me kiki monique and at vanessa Cantab for vanessa and you know every week we'll throw out you know what we're talking about and one of you called in and i thought it was really interesting take a listen hey moms versus ants i love your all's podcast um, I saw on Kiki's Instagram, you all were looking um, or asking about love life during uh, COVID. 
Um, so I started dating my partner actually in January of 2020. Um, just by crazy life happenstance, uh, my mom actually passed away in February. So a month into us dating, I had this huge life event happen. Um, my partner was, like, amazing from the get-go, um, just, like, very understanding and rolling with everything and helpful when he needs to be helpful and not, you know, whatever. So two months into our relationship, of course, everything shuts down, um, and... Again, we've had, like, two huge events happen within the first two months of dating, so that was really intense. Um, luckily for me, he is very uh, laid back and down to earth and just kind of rolled through everything, even as I was kind of losing my mind in the chaos. So um, for us, I feel like it really kind of um, brought us together, like we were able to date in a way I don't think we would have been able to had we not had COVID. Um, we were both kind of able to like isolate ourselves and um, not interact with too many people. So we were kind of COVID buddies from the get-go. Um, and we were able to spend tons of time together and uh, get to know each other in like a really beautiful way. We could, um, you know, go on like day trips to parks and um, go hiking and all sorts of stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do if we had jobs. So, um, you know, we bonded through getting unemployment together and all of that weird COVID stuff. So I feel really lucky to have met him before COVID happened because I don't think um, I would have, you know, been able to really connect with someone we met on Tinder, so I don't even know what I'm saying, but it helped that we were able to meet in person and go out to bars in, like, the months before COVID really hit and things got crazy. So I don't know if that disqualifies me from this, but, yeah, we definitely, I think, am a great – I'm at least grateful for COVID in a lot of ways because I feel like I was able to get to know my partner so much better um, and – a less like time pressured way we were kind of just living in this like fluctuating uh global pandemic crisis and we're able to kind of like ride the wave with each other i feel like that sort of encapsulates everything i i sort of was feeling about lockdown like if you met someone you were sort of rushed into a relationship and it was super intense and it was either going to be a make it or break it scenario right yeah i mean her story was like whoa i mean that's a lot a lot a lot going on in such a short period of time i think it also speaks to her partner in this situation like to be someone who was able to kind of just roll with it and still be like super supportive and you just met this person, that's crazy. And that's why I think it's like these sort of high pressure things like lockdown really do test a lot of, not even just your relationships. It it tested friendships too. I know you and I have talked about that, but it tests all your relationships and people who can weather through it. I think that those will turn into really long-term relationships and people who can't, it was like, good. I'm glad that we were able to quickly get to, we're not made for each other because that might've drawn out for four years whereas we were in a high eight month period where we had to like know it and it was like nope didn't work let's get out of it i think it also like there's certain kinds of like 
people who are certain ways in relationships, right? Like some people, you know, you have like those friends who are in a couple and they do like literally everything together. They always show up together. You're just kind of like, yo, do y'all ever, okay, that's cool. I don't, I don't relationship like that. I very much have my own friends, my own life. I still take girl trips, like, you know, and I usually connect with people who kind of also have their own interests, their own friends, um, and their own, I mean, it's definitely easier to get cheated on that way. Cause you just like, you're doing your thing and they're doing their thing and you, you have to have a lot of trust, but, um, I'm not so good with, if I was in a relationship, I probably would have broken up with that person in COVID because it would have been just 24-7 on top of each other. It's, I, I can't live like that. But some people, you know, it works, particularly in the very beginning of a relationship when you're in that courtship phase and you just want to be around the person all the time and you're having sex every day, like multiple times a day, you just really feeling them and you have that chemistry going. I mean, I could see where you could go in like 10 times faster in courtship than you would, you know, not being in a lockdown. I remember, I don't even know who I was talking to, but something about there being this also very high percentage of ghostings that happened during lockdown because people who had been dating someone else, all of a sudden they didn't hear from the person again, but it's really because the other person had been living a double life the whole time. Like they had a whole family and had been dating this person, but now they couldn't leave their house. So they like couldn't, how were they going to see this other person? <laughs> so Girl. Had... <laughs> Girl, that so happened to me. I had like one, like one miss. And so what, it's a very long story, but one of my friends ran into an ex of mine, which was like from like, 10, maybe longer, 10 years ago. But it was a guy that I was really into when I was into him. He was tall and sexy and he had an accent. You know, I was just like, you know the guy. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, you know, I, it wasn't a good relationship when I was in it. It was on and off for a couple years. And finally I cut it off because he was not a good guy. He just wasn't. But, you know, you have a decade to, you know, behind you and you want to think like that people have, you know, people have the capacity to change and grow and all that. So he runs into a friend of mine and um, my friend, gotta love him. He invites my friend. He's like, oh, let's grab a drink. This is like in like when it was still warm outside. And he's like, let's grab a drink. So my friend just like goes, has drinks. He's buying drinks, buying bar snacks. And before you know it, he's like revealed like everything about me. How many kids I have, that I'm that I'm single now. That I mean, he probably gave him my address and like, you know, like my IP address. Like, I don't know. He gave him everything. I said, like, dude, did you totally just sell me out for some jalapeno poppers? Like, what is going on? But anyway. And mod sticks. And mozzarella. I mean, like the whole thing. You know, he calls me. He's definitely tipsy. And I'm like, I cannot believe you just gave all of my information to this person. But anyways, so he starts calling me and I'm like, this is totally bad news. This is why. And, and in 10 years, I have run into this person one time at a wow. stoplight. So not even in real life. Like that's how in big passing. Brooklyn is. Yeah. So 
anyways, he starts calling me and I'm kind of like entertaining it for a little while and I'll make the story short, but at some point, so this starts in like November. So at some point in like, right after the first of the year, I get busy and I'm doing stuff after the first of the year. Um, and we did go to dinner one time. So after the first of the year, he's like, I, um, I just want to give you my new phone number. And I was like, oh, you got a new phone number? Like, why'd you get a new phone number? He's like, oh, you know, I change it every year. Every, every new year, I always get a new phone. Like, you know, new year, new phone. Like, you know, it's just a fresh start. I was like, nobody fucking does that. Who does that? That's not a thing. No. And I'm just like thinking about it. And then I realized that like, I'm starting to put it all together. I'm like, oh no, did he just like give me like a burner phone number? So like he didn't have to call me on his real phone anymore because it was blowing up his spot, like trying totally. to call me on his real phone. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, he also works like like a third shift job. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not like trying to reach out to him too late because I know he's going to bed early, but is he? No, he's probably at home with his whoever and he just can't talk on the phone because he's at home. Like, mm -hmm. and he was really trying to pull like the okie doke <laughs> and like had a situation, but ran into my friend and wow, this was a, you know, a way for him to reconnect with someone. And that was intriguing to him too this is how guys get in these situations well that's how we get in these situations too because when we even if we're over someone if we really did like them at the time we're just like those red flags just feel still pinkish we're like oh that seems like normal but like let me tell you how much a dude will not change his phone number i mean I watched Shaw's of Sunset, which is a great show on Bravo. It just premiered. And one of the storylines is this couple and, you know, the, the girlfriend is finding DMs in his phone. And this other couple's like, look, why don't you just change your phone number so that you don't have this issue? And he's like, no. And he's like, no. He's like, I've had this phone number for 20 years. This is business. Like, that's how much dudes do not change their phone number, even if they're getting blown up by by girls and it's messing up their current relationship they're still not going to change the number also like i'm i wouldn't say i'm naive because i'm hip to stuff but i also like i'm not like i'm just i'm not checked in with like doing a lot of like private investigator type work when i'm like i don't i'm too busy for that so it took me like a second to be like wait a minute <laughs> doesn't make any sense and finally um i just blocked all of it I, I did what i did 10 years ago which was blocked um his real number and his burner phone and um and then just kind of kept it moving but yeah like guys are guys are guys are strange and you know i could see him being trapped in lockdown and you know maybe just it it probably felt exciting because for the few weeks that you know we were chit-chatting and reminiscing i think it probably was it was probably fun you know something yeah. to do anything it was, new i mean it fun. was for me it was just something to do yeah to be quite honest with you i was bored to tears i was like oh this is entertaining and I, I don't have to leave my house well, so. it's the same reason we were jumping on the dating app so much, because, again, it was entertainment. I did not legitimately think I was going to go meet these people because I was like, I'm not meeting anyone until I'm vaccinated. Like, until we're allowed to go outside. <laughs> but I was like, if I can have some conversations with some people I haven't, you know, talk on Zoom with every day already, it'll be something exciting. So I think that a lot of 
there was but a need for a lot fizzle, of excitement though, because you have the connection and you're looking just to have like someone to chit chat with and maybe have you know good witty fun conversation but there's like a point where the momentum has to just you know stop because it's a pandemic so normally when people would transition that to a coffee date or whatever then I think that's probably where people just end up fizzling or ghosting because it's like well this can only go but so far I'm not just going to be you know like FaceTime friends with you forever oh yeah I mean I think most of the conversations in my dating apps are left on red from one side or the other like it just (laughs) it was like and yeah and I'm eating dinner and that's it. Like, that's the last thing we ever said it. to each other. That's it. That's it. And the thing is, it's like, you know, I mean, I've heard people be like, you know, what happened? Like, what? Oh, my God. It was like we were having this great conversation and then he just ghosted me. I'm like, girl, nothing happened. Like, literally nothing happened. He just he started watching, uh, you know, something on Netflix Started binge watching, yeah. He got distracted because, you know. Nothing happened because nothing Nothing was going to happen. That's why. (laughs) Nothing happened. Like, or or you. You could have been the ghoster. You could have been like, I could talk to this guy or I could go watch Bridgerton. That shit is way more interesting. Yeah. I'm going to go do that. And then you just kind of like forget. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. it doesn't mean like anything happened. I've always, you know, I've never been great on dating apps. I think I've met maybe in person of all these years, like one person and actually in person. Like I'm so bad at dating apps. Like I can't wait to get back to, you know me, I'm all about a dive bar. I go to a Mm -hmm. dive bar, I drink, I listen to music and I talk to people there. And that is how I've always met anybody, people I've dated, just people in general. It's just how I meet people. So like, I once once we're back. I mean, I think we're getting back to normal. It's like everyone I know around me is really full, fully vaccinated. The state's opening up, and this summer I'm just going to basically be perched on a bar stool anytime <laughs> I can. Any if I, I can, I, I would work my there. Fingers any, are crossed. My fingers are crossed that like that like people are going to go back to a, a like a like a the old school version of how you meet people, where someone has to like actually like come up and like strike up a conversation and you know i like that i Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's like way more interesting than sitting behind a computer and i'm wondering if we've just been at our computers for so long that like maybe people will finally be excited to just go out and see who's out there and make connections with people that way that would be very exciting I'll be excited just to see a person above their torso. Like you've just been looking <laughs> at people torso above for a year and a half. Like I'm over it. I want to see the whole booty, the thighs, the toes, anything, just anything. <laughs> anything, anything, anything. You know what the craziest thing though? So like we, you know, obviously I was not surprised there was a lot of breakups and I was not surprised that there were a lot of like fast relationships. The one thing that surprised me you know, we see a lot of pregnancies through celebrity, right? Because it's all, anytime a celebrity gets pregnant, we see it. So it felt like there were a lot of pregnancies. But actually, it seems that pregnancies in general went down during the pandemic, yeah. which surprised me a lot. I was reading this statistic that said, this was like in the UK, there was a... um Well, this was actually about divorces too. I want to give you this stat, which I thought was interesting too. <laughs> There was a 34% rise in the U.S. 
in the sales of basic divorce agreements. So anyways, like I just thought that was interesting Whoa. that people were going online looking to just find divorce agreements online. Are you kidding? And from the last year, there was a 34% rise in sales of those agreements. So people were just That's like, crazy. get me out of here. Get me out of here. Um, but then with pregnancies, it said that um, in uh, 50% of people in Germany and France who'd planned to have a child in 2020 were going to postpone it. In Italy, 37% of people just abandoned the idea altogether. Oh, wow. And the CDC reports that there was an 8% drops in, in births in the months of December. So people were just like abandoning ideas. And it reminded me of that meme. I think I sent it to you one time where it was like, Plants are the new pets. Pets <laughs> are the new kids. And kids are these exotic animals that only the rich and the few True. can afford. Because right? I think also what came during to terms of the pandemic, it's like, oh, a lot of us lost our jobs. And like maybe mm-hmm. having a kid is not in the cards anymore. And so... Um, that, I mean, they that, weren't. No one was really selling anyone on kids. By the way, like if you were like thinking about having baby, and you were listening to any of your friends who were homeschooling, or <laughs> you were listening to anyone who, who like got pregnant before the pandemic, and now like, you know, the father isn't allowed to the doctor's visits anymore. You're just going to all your all your checkups by yourself and FaceTiming your partner. They're literally only allowed in the hospital with you one time when you're having the baby. So you're kind of like on your own. Um, And, you know, like I, you know, I'm not together with my child's father, um, but when it came down to pregnancy, he was at every doctor's appointment right by my side. You know, anytime I had to get something uncomfortable, hold my hand and all that. So you, you really want like someone to kind of be on that, that journey with you. So I don't think anyone was selling pregnancy. So if you weren't already pregnant, you were definitely like, I'm good. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's good. like, unless you had, you know, unlimited funds to have your own home birth or like have your own private suite with your own private doctors, like it was not going to be the same experience. Celebrities have nothing mm-hmm. but time. They, you know, jobs weren't happening. Hollywood wasn't running. They're like, mm-hmm. well, we got time and we got money. So yeah. we can just make babies. Why not? But like, Every like 99% of the world, the rest of the world was like, uh, yeah. no, like, I'm not. Hmm. What I would see, yeah, what I would see you talking about homeschooling, I would just like, it just was giving me anxiety, just the thought it, of it. I was, it was just a like, lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And like yesterday, I had a conversation with my mom because, you know, Sebastian, he's a, a whole handful. So he's two and a half now, right? And, um, and he's like, he's like a jerk. Like, he's totally like, he's super cute. He's really funny and smart and mischievous, but like he can be like really mean. He has a mean streak. And when he's like mad, he will try to bite you. Um, He'll like spit. I'm like, what? Who are you? And my mom's like, she's like, you know, because Christian wasn't like that. She said if he had started daycare (laughs) and instead of being at home this whole last year, we would have been like, ugh. I don't know where he's learning that from. You know, it's clearly <laughs> some kid at the daycare, some badass kid at the daycare. That's where, meanwhile, like, because he has been nowhere. Now I'm like, oh shit, like he's, that's my kid. Like that's, that's who he is. Like he he's, actually, he's the, he didn't learn that from anywhere. I don't know what happened. He's the bad seed. He's, he's the he Macaulay is. Culkin. Yeah. He is like, oh no. Like turns out he's the bully. <laughs> Oops. 
but I would have 100% <laughs> been one of those old black ladies all like not my baby not my child uh-uh I would have been I would have been acting like some some other like you know kid whose parents are asleep at the wheel had their badass right. kid next to mine meanwhile turns out my kid is a bully <laughs> So we'll see how it goes with take care. <laughs> oh my god, um, that is hilarious! Anyways, oh wow, yeah. learning mm-hmm. about your learning about your kids' personality traits that you thought it might come from school, but were actually coming from home. I love it. But I love what, it. But where? But why? <laughs> like it's me and his older brother, and nobody is like. Christian is the softest, sweetest. Like you might as well just wrap him in like rainbows and unicorns and marshmallow fluff. Like I don't know where this little mean, mean little boy showed up from. Well, I mean, if anything, it just gives. Uh, he's a Scorpio, and people who <laughs> believe in astrology might say, "Well, here's the proof." <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. And I would say, you know, love after lockdown in terms of all of my relationships, um, probably the most uh, I think that I saw was just getting to hang out with my kids like way more than I normally would. And um, even though like times it it was really annoying, um, I also like I wouldn't take that part away. I wouldn't take that part away. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I'm definitely going to approach you, you love after lockdown in the uh, in the roaring twenty sense of like I'm going to be out in the streets. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be partying. Um, I don't know if I want to get into a relationship because I've gotten so used to like being by myself. I don't know if I want anyone in my space again, but I definitely want company. And yeah, just I'm like, super talking smack about the people who leave lockdown and then just go get locked down. What's wrong with yeah. you? No, I'm like, not that's interested like, in that. That reminds me of people who like who quit a job and then don't build in like two weeks, weeks of vacation starting like the next job. <laughs> who quits? Your last day was on Friday and now your first day is on Monday. What's wrong with you? Who does like, that? No. Who does that? The same no. people who go from lockdown to lockdown. Stop it. No, definitely not happening over here. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely been more focused I'm making that money, and that's why I'm excited to hear about the Hustle of the Week, which is coming up next. Yeah. All right, Kiki. So um, I did a little bit more research than even I did last week on this one. I'm super excited about this topic, and I don't even know if I shared with you, so you're going to be learning along the way. But this week is all about monetizing your junk, your trash, your whatever. So as you know, I am starting this like niche business because I'm obsessed with vintage barware. So over the pandemic, like it was a break, like over the summer, <laughs> over the pandemic, um, I became obsessed with like finding specific glassware and barware from like three designers that I love from mid-century modern um like home stuff. So Mm -hmm. anyways, I would be on all of the websites like Craigslist, um, Facebook Marketplace, 
eBay, like everywhere. And um, and it got me thinking, cause like, you know, this is obviously vintage barware. So it's very rare that you find something from like the seventies or the sixties that, that has never been, you know, opened out of the yeah. box. And so I started like poking around and I found um, several interesting niche items that have value that you or our listeners may have lying around their house and don't realize like you should post this because you can actually make a little bit of money. Now, this isn't as much coin as the first two episodes. Like be clear that like what I'm talking about today is like how you can make enough money to like pay your drink tab and your airfare this summer for like hot girl summer. We're not making trillions of dollars, but I think you'd be surprised. So I'm I'm excited to hear this mostly because I always think all of my junk is worth something, but like I never know. I'm like, oh, my garbage pail kids. Oh, my cabbage patch dolls. Like I never know. So I'm excited to hear what is actually worth money out there. Yeah. I mean, like, well, first and foremost, you can always go on all of these websites and you can just uh, click on like what's trending. So you'll always be able to see like on eBay, you can just go to like trending on eBay or you can see what sometimes what topics are trending like on Facebook and that sort of stuff will inform like what people are into but one thing i know that like we definitely have are discontinued items so this happens a lot right like let's say you've been wearing the same perfume for 10 years and now they don't make that perfume anymore and you're like shit that's my scent that's me and so somebody in you know Portland happens to have like two unopened bottles of it, you're going to go and buy them from her because now you're worried that like you're never, ever going to find this again. So I got caught up in that. You did? I got caught up in that. You know, my favorite scent was Dolce Gabbana Buy oh, and I yeah. loved it. And I found someone on eBay and I think I spent $300 for each of these bottles. Yes. But- and so in that situation, you definitely want to do like an eBay because eBay has an auction format where you can start it. Um, you can make a reserve price, meaning like how much the least amount you're willing to let it go for. But a lot of times when it's stuff like that, people are competing. They get into the like excitement of bidding and you can get like top dollar for something that like you weren't going to wear. Um, and it's the same with really all cosmetic products. Um, it really works well. Sometimes a manufacturer hasn't necessarily discontinued an item, but they've changed the formulation. Maybe you liked the version without SPF. Maybe you're allergic to SPF and now they only make it with the SPF version. Well, you want to go buy that face cream like the way it used to be. And so same thing. Um, but of course, you're going to make the most money with the products that are unopened, not used, um, you know, usually in their original packaging. But so discontinued items, which I, heard I think that. Go ahead. No, I heard. I think, you know, when, when this was happening this summer, people were freaking out over Donna Karen had this deodorant cashmere mist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and discontinued it. 
mm-hmm. and people were freaking out online. Mm-hmm. I've never used deodorant, but I was like, people were freaking out so bad. I started to try to find it just because I wanted to use it. I didn't think to get to try to hoard it to sell it, which would have been a better idea. But I was like, why is this deodorant so good? But you can't find well, it anywhere. Well, it's actually funny that you say that because there are people who keep close eyes on what sorts of products uh, companies are getting ready to pull from the shelves and they will go and like stock up if there's if you're smart and you're paying attention and you're in the know with that sort of stuff they will kind of go and figure out how to stock up because things like Donna Care and Cashmere are products that are sold like at TJ Maxx and Marshalls and stuff and I used to wear Cashmere Mist uh, the perfume I never had the deodorant but it smells really good um, it's something I wore like probably like 20 years ago but yeah it smelled really good and i could see it being like a cult favorite and if they were Mm -hmm. running out of it you're like oh no um but yeah that's like you know if you wanted to i i guess you could turn that into an actual hustle just trying to find discontinued items um the next thing is broken or defective items so people will buy broken items for really three reasons they're either going to buy them for the parts because yeah, maybe it's broken, like the piece that's broken on yours is not the piece they care about. They need a different piece that isn't broken to fix their item that's the same item. Okay. They'll buy it to repair um, just to just to fix it because maybe they know how to fix it and maybe it's something they want and they can get it from you for cheap and then they can fix it. And then some people buy broken items literally to fix them and and resell them because they're very handy and they know that they can fix it and then resell it for top dollar. So Hmm. even if it's broken, guys, you never know. Someone out there might still want it. Um, And then two more that I really like are um, obsolete blank media storage. So think about like a cassette a floppy mm-hmm. disk, a CD, like like a CD that you like a CD-ROM kind of CD. Yeah, like there are people who want a mini DV cassette or something. They have the the equipment to make this stuff, but they just don't have like they might still own a boombox or something. I don't know, and they want to record a cassette tape on it, but they don't make those anymore. Mm. So, I mean, this is definitely something you'd have to go to like your parents' house to find. Well, no, like I wish I had had heard about this before because actually right before I moved, I had some old cassette tapes and some old unopened DVDs that I've just been carrying around. And I literally was like, off to the Staten Island dump you go. (laughs) Yep, could have sold those, could have sold those. And then kind of along the same lines, um, if you have cords and chargers from electronic equipment, like just cords and chargers, old electronic equipment, current electronic equipment that sometimes is expensive. Um, People love cords and chargers. So- I do have a lot of cords and chargers. Yeah, so um, so those were kind of the interesting ones, but I want to focus a lot more on um, actually clothes because I started to write some things about the clothes to share with you, and then I was like, "This is clothes is such a big thing. That's the thing we all definitely have, and we're all just kind of like sending it to Goodwill or wherever." Meanwhile, it's like you're thinking nobody's going to want this, but there's so many different 
clothing consignment kind of places for you to buy and sell. Um, and so I'll say across the board on all of them, they usually send you uh, bags or some kind of receptacle for you to put the clothes in. So you just can go on their websites and they'll send it to you and then you send it back. Um, when you sell stuff on consignment, you can get more money if you get a credit to use on their website um, than if you take the cash. So yeah. that's really like across the board. So for like, I would say, you know, sort of a mix of like mall stores and um, I guess like everything. Um, there's the there's one called Poshmark. I'm sure you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Poshmark is to me, it's a little it's a little too much, but I'll you know they have like literally everything, and they actually also sell makeup. Um, you can go on there and find like Fenty and, you know, uh, really nice, like the fancy new press on nails and things like that. They also have a section for home. They have a section for pets. Like they have a section for everything. So mm-hmm. it can be actually a little, I like things to be slightly more edited, but they do sort of have everything you could ever want is on Poshmark. Um, and then the other one that's been in the news a little bit lately is ThreadUp. You know, thread. Oh yeah, that that's the one I've been using the most because they, you know, they're easiest. It seems so. ThreadUp has made a bunch of like moves lately. Um, I listened to like an investing podcast sometimes, so I ended up learning that. So they acquired a company called Let Go. So mm-hmm. they obviously they grew, but on top of that, they've been very quietly behind the scenes working with all of these retailers that had all of this inventory during the pandemic and nobody to sell it to. So Mm. big stores like Macy's and like, you know, just like all these retailers had all these clothes. And so they were behind the scenes striking up a deal with ThreadUp. So a friend of ours who also listens to that same podcast, um, she called me and she was like, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to run down what she got on ThreadUp and then tell you how much it was. Okay. She got seven James Purse t-shirts, two tees by Alexander Wang, one Alexander Wang sweater, one Stella McCartney jacket, one Marnie top, and one Rachel Zoe kimono. So those are like definitely like, like all right, let me guess how much like you higher know, end brands. So how much yeah. do you think she paid for all of those items? I mean, and what, mind it, you, many of them were not were like not used because they were coming over from particularly all the Alexander Wang stuff was like new because it was this partnership with ThreadUp working with these retailers. I mean, I know you're going to tell me it's a deal. In my head, it's like I know something like that should be. Over a thousand dollars. It's it's a discount place, so it's like I'm thinking it should be between seven hundred and a thousand dollars. And she paid four hundred dollars for all wow. that stuff. So wow. yeah, so they've kind of stepped it up a little bit. Um, a lot of well, actually, I will say this: you are correct that it would have been seven hundred to a thousand for all of that stuff. The reason why she paid four hundred dollars is on your when you sign up. On your first order, you get 50% off your total order. Oh, wow. Not an item, your total order. That's so that's amazing. why she went so hard on her first order. So you're right. It probably would have been about $800, but okay. um, but she spent $400. So yes, to be clear. But um, I do like this website. I think it's a like, 
I think the layout is put together pretty nicely. Um, they have a variety of like stuff you would find in mall stores, like, you know, like the Gap, J. Crew, Banana Republic, but then they also have like some more like high end boutique stores. They have a plus size section. They have like, you know, they have a lot of variety on their site that in like a good way. And they're not the only ones. Because I remember the reason I used ThreadUp was because they were the only ones who were sending you the bag. You fill the bag full of stuff mm -hmm. and then it's already prepaid and you send it back. But you're saying Poshmark, these other places all do that now. That's like standard. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, they all realize like if they're going to get your inventory, they have to like send you the bag. Yeah. It was too hard um, otherwise. Yeah. And then there's um, a couple that, you know, people know really well for providing like luxury. So those are Vestiaire, The Real Real, Farfetch. Now, I have to say, The Real Real has gotten themselves in a little bit of trouble lately. Um, they have been in a two and a half year legal battle with Chanel. So The Real Real, their whole like entire business model is based off of the fact that they are saying that all of their items are a hundred percent authenticated by their like team of, I don't know, people who are 21 who are looking at a garment and telling you that it's really Chanel. Mm -hmm. So um, Chanel has sued them and said that they are liars and that they know of at least eight pieces that they said they were authentic and they were not authentic. But also let's keep in mind, Chanel does not like anybody selling their stuff. They do not like the resale market. Um, they are always getting knocked off. I mean, you can find Chanel all up and down Canal Street even today. So they, they are not strangers to taking people to court and suing them for trying to sell their products in the secondhand market. But I did find out that they also secretly behind the scenes have a partnership with Farfetch. And it appears that they're trying to, because uh, Farfetch has Farfetch secondhand, I think, or second okay. line or whatever they're calling it. And they're launching that. They're trying to dip their toes into this like secondhand market. And it looks like Chanel may try to test the waters a little too. So it's possible that they just don't want the real- Trying real... to knock off the competition. No, trying to not. Yeah, they're trying to knock off the competition Which, a little bit. yeah, would not surprise um, me. But, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a Chanel girl. A lot of people are. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. I have 100% um, purchased items on the real real and I've had great experiences they allow me to consign like my high-end kids clothes so um which is great you know my son's godmother gets him really fancy stuff like yeah like Stella McCartney hoodies and I'm like what am I gonna do with this he's gonna grow out of it um but you can consign um you know children's clothes and they also have home and jewelry and all of that so I've had good experiences on the real real but they are in this battle, um, and I just read the update from like a couple weeks ago, is that they're they're heading into mediation. So hopefully they figure it out. Um, all right. But yeah, so so, uh, so that's this week. It's just about monetizing all of your crap, which I'm sure a lot of people were going through. <laughs> that was another thing people were doing <laughs> during lockdown is just going through their closets and like being yeah. like, I have too much stuff. I need to get rid of this stuff to get new stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I mean, just instead of just throwing it all out, you know, go through it. Go through it. What does it really cost you? Just some time for you to go through it and see what you have. Go on the site, see how much things are selling for. But again, this is depending on what you have. This is a good way for you to make a little bit of extra money um, for your summer fund. I love it. I love it. Well, coming back, we got the cool down. Every week, we love to do the cool down. We love to bring you um, just an interesting story that we've discovered throughout the week. And this one really stood out to me because, you know, if you follow me on TikTok um, and also on Instagram, but on TikTok is where it started. I got really obsessed with a viral Starbucks drink. Um, I saw it on Lizzo's page. It was a, it's an iced venti matcha two pumps of chai and I use coconut milk, but it's also good with oat milk. You can use any milk you want. Um, and I like to top it with pistachio cold foam, but pistachio is um, seasonal. So if I don't, they don't have pistachio cold foam. I like to top it with just sweet cream, you know, vanilla cold foam. And this is a drink that I became obsessed with. I know Vanessa, you got to try it out. You really uh, fall in love with it, which is hard because it's like a $7 drink. No, not in New York. It's $8.33. $8.33. is a and rip off and it's so delicious. I'm so mad at you for getting me hooked on that drink. So, you know, this is, you know, that was like really the only viral, quote, viral Starbucks drink that I've ever ordered. And and it was already very, you know, anxiety inducing to order that because I, you know, look, you remember I used to be a barista. I used to be a barista at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And so I used to feel really well versed in or- how to order drinks. But now there's just like, like I just said, that drink I said is a lot more. And so... Just getting those ingredients is enough. But now, you know, this guy, I don't know if you've heard about this guy. Um, I think his name is Edward. He went viral recently over his vent, like his viral Starbucks drink, which I'm going to read it to you. Oh I think God. this is everything. I have a picture oh of God. it. So it's just like, so <laughs> it is a venti caramel crunch frappuccino with five bananas, extra caramel drizzle, extra whip, extra ice, extra cinnamon dolce toppings, seven pumps of dark caramel syrup, extra caramel crunch, one pump honey blend, extra brown butter something, five pumps of frappuccino coffee something, seven additional frappuccino chips, heavy cream double blended. I don't know how you order that. But he well, had put- I do. You get on the express train to diabetes. <laughs> so, so what the shit? He had posted this on Twitter, and you know this drink, like we just that is a fourteen dollar drink that that when it comes out with everything you order, he posted it on Twitter. It went viral, and people were, of course, then they wanted to go to Starbucks no. and order this drink. Did they go order it? So a bunch of people, because, you know, got over 335,000 likes. And so everyone was like sharing it. He he eventually deleted, de- deleted the order off of Twitter. Because Starbucks told him to. After it went viral. <laughs> but, you know, a bunch of like, yeah, baristas were kind of coming after them because they were like, look, 
this, first of all, not every Starbucks has all the ingredients. Like not, (laughs) and some of these trends that you're making, they don't exist in real life. You're Mm -hmm. making them up and you're making Mm -hmm. our lives hell. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have, you know, corporate Starbucks wants us to make these drinks in a few seconds. Mm -hmm. And these are like very time consuming. You know, Starbucks actually kind of seemed to take the side of Edward who posted it. And it's like, you know, we want every customer to be, it said, uh, customizing beverages at Starbucks and our baristas' experience, expertise in helping customers find and craft the right beverage has and always will be the heart of the Starbucks experience. There are many ways for customers to modify their favorite beverages at Starbucks, and most customizations are reasonable requests from customers. Um, but yeah, that one is crazy, and that, it slows uh, down the whole line. Oh, you know, I just realized that. So the reason it went viral was actually a barista posted posted the order. And unfortunately, the barista looks like it got got fired after two years as a barista because he posted the guy's order. Like, I think, like, what is this guy doing? They fired him, which kind of sucks. But it, but it looks like the, it says the guys have become buddies. It said, once I was made my order had gone viral, I found... Josie on Instagram and reached out to make sure he didn't get any trouble for posting it. So it seems like they became friends, but either way, I just, it just made me laugh because, you know, you had also sent me another viral Starbucks thing and Mm -hmm. I was like, should I try it? And I got up to the drive-thru and I looked at it and I was like, I can't do it. I was too scared because <laughs> you get really anxious at the Starbucks because if you got to order it right way, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, it feels like the Seinfeld episode of like Soup Nazi. It's like, if you don't say it the right way, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. get out. And so mm-hmm. I just like, I just like chickened out and ordered my usual <laughs> drink. Listen, that's why you got to do the mobile thing, man. Because then you just get it all like in the thing and it prints out on the sticker just exactly. You know that it's how you said it and then you just you can just wait in your car <laughs> and go True. in when it's ready and you don't even really have to like engage with anybody just go and then they're like oh Vanessa you're like oh thanks and it's already made you know you just in and out in and out because and that way they'll also tell you if it's an if it'll tell you about how long it takes it might take for that guy's drink it could take 15 minutes but you know your drink takes like five minutes but yeah, are crazy. It, That's just ridiculous. Well, it's not even coffee at that point. And like, I, my whole thing but is like, you nothing. don't actually like coffee. Ew. <laughs> it's so, it's so gross. You said banana and I already got confused. Cause what is banana there? Is it like actual bananas? Is it banana syrup? What does Starbucks even make with bananas? Uh, you know, I think it's actual bananas. Cause when I'm looking at the picture, it looks like there's chunks of bananas. I mean, I know that. I don't know. I mean, every, again, every Starbucks is different, but I know they have bananas. I've seen bananas in baskets before. I didn't know that they were put them in drinks, but. Uh, People are, people are crazy. And everybody, this is, this is where everybody wants to like, you know, be, um, be, I guess, put their own personal spin on stuff. But those people at Starbucks do not get paid enough for you to hold up the whole line behind your crazy ass concoction. And like, you know, it's so funny because, you know, when I was a barista at Starbucks, you know, you work, I worked to the same shift. Normally I was always the opening shift and you get to know your customers because the same customers come every day for the same drink. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was also how we increased our tips because, you know, if we see them walk in the door, we already start making the drink. It's ready before they even pay. They want to tip more. It was, you know, and I just, like, it really stands out to me. There was this one 
Because to me, this was the craziest order at the time. Everyone else got, you know, just regular, whatever, mocha or Americano. This one stood out to me. It was a girl and she would order a drink for her and her sister every morning. Hers would be a grande four shot caramel macchiato Mm -hmm. made. I, I think it was brevet. That's when you make it with heavy cream. You know, Mm. you can make drinks with heavy cream, Mm -hmm. but she knew that we had like the whipping heavy cream, not just half and half. Yeah. Breve is when you make it with half and half. She Mm. wanted the whipping cream that we would make with whipping. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So it was like so heavy. So it'd be like this four shot half calf, what was also weird, half calf, four shot, half calf, caramel macchiato with extra caramel. And her sisters would be a six shot half calf. Brevet with whipping cream, caramel macchiato with extra caramel. It was, and I was like, every morning, every morning. First of all, the fact that you still remember that drink from what is definitely 20 years ago. Maybe, yeah. um, Like, (laughs) is insane. It just goes to show how good of a barista you are and also how long your memory is because I can't remember like what I had yesterday and you remember these two girls orders from like forever ago (laughs) but that's also just like way too much caffeine and also doing the most and no thank you no thank you yeah but they she was the nicest and so I like even though I was like this drink is not good for you she was the nicest customer and always tipped so well and Always brought us flowers. Ah, that's why you remembered. Okay, <laughs> it's making sense now. Yeah, you know, I always have a theory like um, when it comes, you know, I work in the service industry and I have clients that are difficult. And um, a friend of ours always told me that um, if you're dealing with people who are annoying, just charge them whatever it would take for it to be less annoying. So I definitely have a little bit of a price increase for a few of my clients. And it's what helps me keep that like nice energy and smile when they ask me for like a hundred million things that nobody else asks me for or want me to hold their hand through every single like element of it. You just, yeah, you, if you're a difficult person, you better be a great tipper and you better pay more than everybody else. Just know that. Because we're going to charge you more anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to charge you more anyway. You just didn't know it. It's like, but my friend said, "Mm -mm, each event is customized. Sorry. It's smart advice. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Well, thank you all for joining us again this week. So much fun. Um, Of course, come back next week and always join us every Wednesday at Clubhouse. If you aren't following us on Clubhouse, make sure to do that. Also make sure you're following us on Instagram. You can follow me, Kiki Monique, at The Talk of Shame. And me, Vanessa Contav, at Vanessa Contav on Instagram. Also make sure to leave us a voicemail at 929-265-0277 and drop us an email at momsvaunts at gmail.com. Bye. See you next week. See you next week. Moms vs. Aunts is brought to you by Cafe Mom. Our theme music is composed by Coney Island Music. 
We want to hear from you. To give us your comments, leave us a voicemail at 929-265-0277. And we might include them in the show. You can also reach us by email at momsvaunts at gmail.com. Remember to rate, review, and follow Moms vs. Aunts wherever you get your podcasts. And for more parenting stories, real talk, and entertainment news, go to cafemom.com. <laughs>